0: you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them as we do our Bible decree, as we do our Bible pledge, our Bible promise. Something that I hope when you say this, you truly mean it. So whatever device you have that you use for your Bible, go ahead and hold it high. And let's say this together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Well, if you joined us last week, pastor did a message called I know the plans. Where we dove into Jeremiah 29:11 which says, "For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future." So if you haven't listened to that message, there are plenty of ways you can. You can go straight to our Facebook, and you can scroll down to last week's, and you can watch it. You can go to our website, newhopetalmage.com. There's a place that says listen in. You can listen on there. You, if you have an Apple phone, an iPhone, you can listen to it on iTunes or the podcast, or you can listen to it on Spotify. So there are many ways that you can listen To that message. One quote. That I heard. Last year. Was you have no idea. How God. Will use you. And I always knew that I was. Called to preach. But I never knew the real things. That God would use me outside. Of the church. When we got this building, it was more of a blessing than we could ever imagine. Not just because we got this building, but me and Allie got a house. That was a blessing that God gave to us. That was a plan that God had for us because we had been praying and searching for months because we were like, we want to move closer to the church. So let's look at buying a house. We don't know how we're going to do this. Then God's like, oh, you want to live close to the church? Here you go. You can live in front. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. So we got the house. We're like, awesome. All right, we've been married for a few years now. Let's, let's start trying to have children. So we did. And last May, she found out she was pregnant. And we were excited. So we found out on a Tuesday... I preached on Sunday. And one of the things that I said was that if you're not ready for spiritual opposition, then you're not ready to be used by God. I had no idea what was going to happen the next day on Memorial Day. I was doing some yard work and she comes out. And she says, "I'm bleeding." I'm going to go to the hospital. So we went. And it was confirmed that she had a miscarriage. And all these emotions inside. Why God? And the thing just, you're going to be used by God. So I was on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to search for some Men's miscarriage groups. And I was able to find some. And some of these men that I've been able to connect with and able to give them a word of encouragement. Some of these men who don't know God, but I'm able to tell them it's okay. There's a plan. You have to trust. And as hard as that time was, in the months following, the anxiety, the the discouragement, the wonder, why God? I'd have to say that I wouldn't trade it. Even though It caused pain. There was a blessing in there. Another quote I came across that says, If it's not God's will, you can't force it. But if it is God's will, you can't stop it. We have been praying and praying, God, why? Why? And so in October, we went, and we both got tattoos just to help us cope. And she got song lyric, Hallelujah, here below. And I got 818. And it stands for Romans 818. And it says, the pain that you are going through now is nothing compared to the joy that is about to come. And people would tell me, "Don't worry, God God has a child for you." And people mean well, and I'm like, "Are you sure about that? God never in the Bible does he promise me to have a child. He promised that he has plans for me." And I'm like, most people I'm impatient I want it now. I want it now. Come on. I don't want to wait. Well, the good news is the waiting is over. Despite the hardships, and it's been hard. And after we lost, as you can see this one here with this little rainbow hue, I never understood the concept where people would say a rainbow baby. And what that is, you don't know. The storm was the loss. Rainbows come after the storm. God's promise comes after the storm. So I want to thank the people who have been praying for us. Because prayers work. If you're struggling and you don't know what to do, pray. It's hard. But prayers work.
1: Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That name, the name we cannot tame and would not aim to try. For your name's above all names, relentlessly shows its fame and effortlessly holds its claim. Your name, it is holy. Your name is the only one that can be known as the I Am. So we stay in your presence, and we pray here in deference, and we ask, may thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It can be done. It will be done. The work's begun on earth as it is in heaven, in you and me. Friends, can you see the we that we would be if he'd not set us free to be the we that he can make us be? Our lives are exchanged. Our hearts have been changed. Our passions rearranged. And He has beseeched us, unleashed us, bequeathed us the keys to His kingdom, the work that must be done. Here and now we can plant and plow. He will show us how. So don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't let it percolate or let time confiscate the power we have in this day and hour. My brothers and sisters, we cannot resist this. It is our existence to become His assistance, to make exchange, to enact change, to rearrange all in His name, so that when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we mean instead, please God, give unto us the things that You have for us that will make us victorious. But first, we must attend to the things we must amend and the ways we still pretend to be something other than the life you've uncovered. So search our hearts and know us, and show us the brokenness in us. Bring to mind our lapses and forgive us our trespasses. Let the light of your face erase my disgrace, replace the trappings of this place by the power of your grace. For it's by you we live and give as we forgive and choose not to fast judgments on those who affront us, who trespass against us. Perfection forgave us and gives us the means for forgiveness of others. In your mighty name, remove all our stains and precede us and lead us not into temptation, but toward your redemption, made possible by your preemption of death. Father, please deliver us from evil that may hinder us, for we find ourselves connected to the power that resurrected. That power, it has seized us. It frees us. Sin pleases because we have seen Jesus. My mind cannot fathom the wonder that can come, that has come, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Your
2: name. Come name. Amen. I didn't have enough time to practice that spoken word. <laughs> that was powerful. And I sat and just started weeping. Because I think, man, in His mighty name, the power of Jesus. The power of Jesus. It amazes me how we have, in this past year, have not realized just the awesome power of the mighty name of Jesus. So as I've been praying over this, Last three weeks and the messages that God has laid upon my heart, it brought me to the passage. If you would please take your Bible to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Today, we're going to talk about prayer from ordinary to extraordinary. Many of us learned when we were just little people, the Lord's Prayer. And in many families, prayer was just a model of something that we do before a meal. It was something that we practiced at bedtime with our children Never understanding the depth of what prayer is and how it becomes personal and yet intimate and that it's a communication between you, the Holy Spirit, Almighty God, and Jesus Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father. Prayer. What is prayer and how can we apply prayer to our life? And why was it brought out here in First Chronicles chapter 4? And if you'll see in the Scripture up above, and for those that might be listening or watching today, let me go ahead and read this. It says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. In verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. God granted his request. This is known as the prayer of Jabez. We are introduced to Jabez, as we notice here in verse 9, as a man so much more honorable than his brothers. You see, All of his brothers were simply listed by name. And the reason Jabez is highlighted here is because of his prayer. His simple one-verse prayer made him more honorable than all of his brothers. Back in 2012, 2011, I believe that most people had that book, The Prayer of Jabez, sitting on their table or sitting in their bedroom or in their library. It was something that came through. It was a movement that came through that I I truly believe was a little bit misinterpreted. And I hope that today I'm able to bring light on it to this congregation. But my goal and my wish this new year is not that you would have just an ordinary new year, but an extraordinary new year. Now before we give a simple breakdown of the prayer... Don't move too fast or you will miss why the prayer is so significant. We're told here in verse 9 that his mother named him Jabez because he was born in pain. And the word and meaning of Jabez is pain. I don't know what the scenario caused her to name her baby boy pain. All I know is that's how everybody knew him so painful was the birth of this child and the implications in the life of his mother that he could go nowhere and not be reminded that he was living a painful painful existence just to hear somebody call his name and he was living a life of pain you talk about self-esteem problems We all talk about self-esteem problems. You talk about a negative self-image. This kid had to have had it. So let me ask you, church. Is there anyone here today with the name of Jabez? I wouldn't think so. Or is there? Maybe. Maybe not in the literal sense where people call you that. But when you reflect back over the years, maybe over the last few years, it might as well be Jabez. Because all you can remember is pain. All you can remember is the negative circumstances, one right after another. It looked like a pain got a hold of you. And when that pain got a hold of you, it would never let you go. For all the Jabez's in the house, if you're not a Jabez, then this sermon is probably not for you. But if there is a Jabez in this church, or if there's a Jabez for somebody that might be listening, some with the first name, maybe last name, middle name, or all three names that equal pain, that equal hurt, disappointment, anguish, loneliness, frustration, and all other possibilities, the passage is for you. Because we are introduced to the solution, before we find the method, he says, Jabez, that means pain, was more honorable and had a higher status than all of his brothers who don't show up with any problems at all. Nothing is even said negative or bad about any of the other brothers. You know why? Because they were okay boys. They did just fine. And if you look back in the Scriptures, and I... I I thought about reading all of them and boring you with it, but I thought maybe I might just pass on that this morning. We get the Hebrew names and the Jewish names and all that, and I don't want to have to to disrespect those awesome gentlemen by mispronunciating their names, right? So I just passed on that this morning and went straight to verse 9. Here's the one with all the pain, the one with all the disappointment, the one with all the negatives, the one with all the struggles. God wants us to stop and pause as we we read through this boring section of Scripture. And let you know if your name is pain. That it doesn't have to have the last word on your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? That if your name might be pain. That it doesn't have to have the last word on your life. If your name, maybe your circumstances, situations is painful, you can still end it being more honorable than all of your brothers, sisters that don't have pain in their name. So how did he get there? How did this painful person in painful circumstances come out to be an extraordinary individual? Notice here. That God did not give Jabez another name. It says that Jabez was more honorable. Isn't that amazing? You can even circle that in your Bible. Jabez was more honorable. He didn't stop his name from being pain. He just overrode it so high that it fell into the background as God's honor took the forefront. Let me repeat that to you again for those that might have missed it. He just overrode it so high that it fell into the background as God's honor took the forefront. So even if your circumstances don't change, even if nothing happens to your situation, if God puts you on the top shelf of honor, it won't matter what your name is. Jabez is his name. And honor is his status. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning's message. And we pray, Lord, that you will speak through me, Lord, speak to your people. We realize that many of us have gone through some twists and turns and curves of our life. But, Lord, today, may we look into this scripture and become free from the hurts and pains of our past. Lord, speak through me today. Hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we notice that his first line of his prayer... And it's not a complicated prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That word indeed lets us know that this is a serious prayer. This is not just a casual prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Listen, church, in this time, in this day and age, you don't have time for casual prayers. He says, bless me indeed. If you don't intervene in my situation, if you don't reverse this thing that I have been facing since the day I was born, I'm going to go to my grave the same way that I came into this world. A cursed, painful individual. So I'm throwing myself on your mercy. And I'm saying, God, bless me indeed. You see, he didn't want his life to keep going like it was going. He wanted to sense the feeling of supernatural favor. To be blessed is to have supernatural favor injected into your ordinary dull life. As the old hymn says, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. You see what this is? This is the impartation of supernatural favor. The impartation of supernatural favor. What is impartation? I told my wife this morning, as I was, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I have great respect for my wife because some days she has to listen to the message a couple, maybe three, four times before it's even preached. And she says she loves it. And uh, now you know why I serve her with the coffee and get her blanket and get everything ready because she's got to hear me talk all morning long. Hey, it's rough when you get up so early in the morning. You, you can't help yourself. You, you've got that hour of silence and devotion and everything else. And when she gets out of bed, she wants that hour of silence and devotion, but she's not getting it. I have a lot to share with her that morning. So this morning I said to her, let me explain to you impartation. Impartation is God imparting his gifts and his power upon his people. So it's just like that that we see here with Jabez that we started to notice that God started to impart favor, supernatural favor that can only come from God and God alone. Isn't that cool? From a young man of pain. It is not to go through every day in a painful routine. It is to it is sense that God is gotten into my business, affected my scenario, and reversed my situation. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is the sense that God has gotten into my business, affected my scenario, and reversed my situation. That is impartation of supernatural favor. He says, bless me indeed. Or put it another way, give me another life. The life I am living now I don't even like. The pain I am experiencing now I don't want but I can't get away from it. Every time I go out to play ball, all the kids are calling me Jabez and remind me I'm in a painful situation. Every time I go to work, they call me Jabez and remind me that I can't go to work without being in pain. All my life is in pain and I need another life. But listen, friends. Listen, co-workers. Listen, family. Can't get me another life because every time... I go to anyone to bless me. They bless me one minute, and yet they take it back the next minute. Can you turn the fans on, please? I need someone to always bless me, he said. I need a blessing that's going to stay with me even after the day is done. I need a blessing that won't go left on me, so I need an indeed kind of blessing. I need the blessing of supernatural favor that only comes and comes from God alone. This morning, please notice here that he is not very specific. He says, bless me indeed. And then he leaves it open. Because you see, when you're in enough pain, you will take anything that God gives you. When you're in enough pain, you don't have to be particular because anything God does is better than the situation you are in. So he just left it open. And he said... Bless me, indeed. He is not finished yet, and here's what he says: If we look at the scriptures, that your hand might be with me, that your hand might be with me. In other words, I don't want your blessing and not have you. Do you hear that, church? I don't want your blessings and not have you a part of it. I don't want to continue my new year just asking you to. Bless me indeed and give me more stuff, expand my borders, bless my business, and do all this stuff for me and leave you sitting there on the sidelines. See, one of the reasons that God is not interested to bless us just indeed and expanding our borders is that there is a curse built into every blessing. You see, there's a curse that's built into every blessing. And the curse that is built into every blessing is you become comfortable with the blessing so you no longer need the blesser. Let's do that together. You become so comfortable with the blessing so you no longer need the blesser. Interesting, isn't it? He says, God, let me get this straight. I want you to bless me indeed. I want you to expand my business, expand my family, expand my education. I want you to expand my borders so that we don't miss the point. I don't want any expansion that excludes you. I don't want any blessing where you end up on the sidelines where I have fun with the blessing. So God, I don't want a blessing that excludes you. Like Moses said, if you don't go with me, I won't go. Sure, it would be nice to be the leader of Israel and have the tenth power of the ten plagues. And let it be known that God, that God, if you don't go, I don't go. I don't want bigger borders that bad. I don't want more blessings that bad. Listen, listen closely. Some of us have been blessed right out of our happiness. You hear me? Some of us have been blessed right out of our happiness. We've been blessed right out of our joy. We have a new house, but we don't have a home. We have a car that we are miserable to ride in. We have money in the bank, but we have no joy spending it. And the Bible says, and let it be known, it is the blessing of the Lord in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It is the blessing of the Lord that expands you, but He will with it give you no sorrow. You see, the way that you know that it comes from God is you. Have joy with it, not misery with it. So what is he saying? I will not, I will not lose my focus of dependency on you. I will not, I will not lose my focus of dependency on you. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord? Wow. It's a blessing. Do you know that you are sitting in a sanctuary of the impartation of supernatural favor? Y'all need to write that down. Because it's kind of like a tongue twister for me. The impartation of supernatural favor. Woo! God, give it, to me, give, it to me, give 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 it to me, Right? I can go all the way back to the time when I went over to my neighbor's house, and at the neighbor's house, we're just talking I wasn't going to go. I don't do all that parting and stuff. I'm quite not the parting type of guy. I wasn't at 16, 18, 21, and I'm surely not at 40 or 50. Oh, hey. That's what I'm saying, baby. Oh, just kidding. Um...
1: So anyhow
2: You all expect that from me, don't you? Come on That's right So anyhow uh, My wife, for those who might be listening Said you are the life of the party So I appreciate that, honey Thank you But, but So here, here I'm at this, this party And I had just said to the board We need to put a steeple on the building We have to have a steeple with the church, because inside there's a bunch of. Okay, you guys are really good. I'm glad you're all listening this morning. And I'm standing. How weird is it that a guy walks up to me? I've only had a little bit of a conversation, and the conversation went like this: "How you doing? Your roof looks good. Yeah. Where'd you get your shingles? You know, why do why guys have such boring conversations? Don't they? Well, the shingles were a little good over there on that house. What else am I going to say to the guy, right? And he says to me, yeah, listen to this. i got a steeple. And the only way I can get these from over there at uh, uh, Habitat for Humanity was if I take a steeple. So I asked my wife, you want to take it down to the cabin and we'll make it a place for the roosters? She's like, you are not putting that huge steeple on our property. And I'm sitting there like, What did you just say? And he said, we got this steeple. I go, hold on a minute. Where'd you get that, Willis? You know, I was really like into this whole conversation. Right then, I started noticing the impartation of supernatural favor. That God was imparting his goodness upon a man who said, here I am, use me. And I said, I'll take your steeple. How much do you want for it? He goes, you can have it for free. It's still sitting over there. And I kept thinking to myself, I promised that guy I'd get over there and get it. And I haven't gotten it yet. And I go, that's all right. Hey, all right. Thank you, Lord, for the impartation of supernatural favor. Called a hand mic. My battery pack went dead. I guess I've been preaching too long lately. Anyhow, so I started to feel in my spirit, like, wow, favor, favor, favor. It's okay. And uh, then I'd have to take it off and all that kind of good stuff. Probably wouldn't get back on here correctly. It's okay. Um, so here's here's the storyline in that moment i started to feel the movement of the holy spirit with a man who didn't even know that he was a part of the movement of the holy spirit isn't that great and then i believe he got blessed i don't even know what his blessing was because when we took on that steeple of that from to put on our church listen the steeple fit perfect it was it was made for New Hope, Akron at that time, and it's on the building today. I drove by the other day, and I was on the phone with my cousin Ed from, from South Carolina, and I said, hold on just a minute. He goes, what's wrong? Because I'm driving up the interstate. I said, I just have to take a moment. I'm taking in the steeple up Route 8. That's a God story for me. Give me a moment of silence as I drive. I started feeling the impartation. Of supernatural favor. You don't get on a property and get it remodeled and get a pavilion put in and get the parking lot done and, and bless the assistant pastor with a parsonage if you don't have the impartation of supernatural favor. How many of you want the impartation of supernatural favor? Amen. Amen. Come on. I can keep going, but that leads him to another request. It says in that request that you would keep me from harm or evil, that it may not pain me. Why does he pray to be kept from evil or harm? Because the more God blesses you, the more Satan sees you. Success is a greater opportunity for failure. Do you hear me, church? Success is a greater opportunity for failure. The higher you climb, the higher you go, the further you fall. Blessings dull our senses for dependency on God. He says, as I expect, look forward to and enjoy your blessings. Keep me from becoming disconnected from you. Let your presence go with you so that harm does not come to me from the very blessings you give me. Listen, church, put a restraining order on the devil. Do you hear what I'm saying? Put a restraining order on the devil. Because the only way you know that you're in the battle is you're being attacked. If the devil isn't messing with you, that means he isn't worried about you. If he isn't coming after you, it means that you're not a threat to his program. But if he is messing with you every day, all day, that means you spell trouble for him. It says, Lord, as you bless me. As you expand my borders, as your presence goes with me, keep the enemy off my back. So that he doesn't detour me, or as the Lord's Prayer says, that he won't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And as we continue into this new year, it is time to leave mediocre expectations. It is time to leave mediocre expectations behind. It is time to stop being the kind of Christian that expects little from God and therefore gets little from God. Of course, God is sovereign. He makes the final choices as what He will do and what He won't do. Expect the gifts that God has freely given you and stop being stubborn and refusing to open that nicely wrapped gift That he has for you. Leave the excuses behind this year. And church, don't be satisfied with the mundane. Stop using those old age, age old excuses. I can't when you know God says you can. I say I won't, which would be actually more accurate for some some folks. I just won't do it. But don't say, I can't. You have been bought with a price, prayed for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are valuable in the kingdom of God. No more excuses. Let it go. Stop the nonsense. And then you see, this all comes down to the end of the prayer. Probably the most important part to this prayer. And he said, And God granted him what he requested. And God granted him what he requested. That's good news. Now we realize that the boy's name was pain. But pain called on God. Do you hear me? Pain called on God. If you're in pain that day, you qualify to be more noble than most of us that don't have pain in our name. If you're in pain today, you qualify to be viewed by God as one of his special citizens. To be more honorable, and that is to have a right status or a higher status with God than people in here today. Their name is Jabez, but they want you to know it. You see, they're too cute. They're too proud to let you know that their name is Jabez. So they will adopt a good sounding name so that it makes them seem other than what they are. But if there are any other names in here, if there are any other Jabezes in here, I want you to know what he says. That he grants the requests of folks named Jabez. Of his children that come to him in their pain and out of their pain, with their pain, and despite all their pain, it says that he called on God and God heard him. You hear that? He called on God and God heard him. He got it all for the asking. It tells us that grace was operating in the Old Testament. You see, that's just not a New Testament concept. He got it simply because, what did he do? He asked for it. But it says he asked seriously indeed. And it says, oh, that you would bless me. Church, in other words, listen. Do you hear the passion? You not only hear the words, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would take away this complaining attitude. You would let me see that my borders are only limited by what I see. Oh, that you would reverse my scenario. We start noticing the impartation of supernatural favor. I didn't say when people said, you will never make it. I didn't look at them and say, you're exactly right. Thanks for the encouragement. I appreciate it. Here's what I said. You're not the blesser. And you can't take it away. And when we start to notice in our walk with Jesus. That he wants to impart his supernatural favor upon your life. Then souls start to get saved and lives are changed. But church, when was the last time you humbled yourself and you said, God, here I am? One day of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. You can labor your whole lifetime and not put you where one day of favor can place you. Favor, the unmerited grace of God. I understand your pain. I understand your past. I may not have traveled Down the road that you did but one thing that god did in the writings of the old testament here in chronicles He made it very clear to a brother the importance Of prayer And he said If you seek me and seek me with your whole heart I will bless you indeed and it says that god granted his request wants to bless your life and grant your request in his timing not ours according to his timeline not ours but there's nothing greater in hardship to know that Jesus comes to just like victoriously comes marching in and he delivers you and delivers your loved ones or whatever that prayer request is. God starts to impart his supernatural favor on your life. We all have God's stories and if you don't have a God's story and I know for myself, I know what it was like to stand on a deck. And hear the lawnmower going next door that day we were packed at church. We were packed from railing to railing on that deck. 27 people. And I started noticing. When I let go, God started to deliver. God started to impart his supernatural favor. I'm standing up here on beautiful gray carpet that's light gray plush. It's just beautiful. In a beautiful sanctuary, not because of what I've done, but what we've done. When we understand our position and our place, God starts to bless us. And he gets all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything. Maybe some, maybe some of you can say like Jacob and say, I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go until you change my name. Maybe there's some, some personal things you're going through. I won't let you go until the name Jacob, which means trickster, and this is in the Old Testament, becomes Israel, the one the Lord has helped, and I won't let you go until I see your hand in my situation. But church, have you let go to let God? I want to hear God's stories. This week I heard some God's stories. I was able to hear some deliverance stories. God has been doing some great things, church. And it's because of his grace and his provisions in our life that we can be part of what God is doing. Listen, you don't have to know what's going on in this church all the time. Just know this, that all the people that are in this room are a part of a God story of what God is doing in their life. That's what's amazing. So we begin to wind down the message right where we started. And I'm going to ask you a question. Are there any Jabezes in the house? Are there any Jabezes in the, in the sanctuary? Are there any folks here that are willing to say, my name is Jabez? My name is Payne. Pain of not being understood. Pain of being passed over for that promotion. Pain of being rejected by my mother. Pain of being rejected by my father. Pain of financial circumstances. Pain this. Pain that. Every time I show up, someone is calling me Jabez. Oh, he is such a pain, they say. And here's what Jabez said. I'm just tired of being known by my pain and not by my God. I'm being tired of being known by my pain and not by my God, not by my Savior. So in closing, I want to challenge you to make the prayer of Jabez your prayer all year long. In a time when we need God to grant our request. That every day you wake up in your pain, you wake up going to your God. And you tell God, bless me today indeed. Do something today to expand my borders. And and as you expand them, let me know that you are right here with me. Because God, I don't want to go with you. Keep Satan off my back so that I can move forward and enjoy your blessings. God, I don't want to go without you. But your prayer should be just this. God, keep him off my back. I want to receive what you have for me. We come to church, but we don't experience his power. We need to practice his power and usher in his presence. Hmm. When I was growing up back in Ravenna, Ohio, where I was raised, there was a bowling alley. Those were the days where you would throw the balls down the lane and it wasn't as sophisticated as the mechanics that many bowling alleys have today. And therefore, oftentimes, thing didn't, things just didn't work right. When you would knock down the pins, the machine wouldn't come down all the way to pick the pins back up. You guys know that? Have you ever remember those things? It seemed like something was always going wrong and whenever something went wrong, you would push a button on the side and it was so that it would reset and when you would push that button you, button, you would see feet walking or running behind, setting the pins up. Isn't that funny? I, I remember the guy, uh, it was our neighbor, Ed Trochio. He used to be the manager, and you would always see feet back there. And sometimes you didn't know who was setting them up by hand. And sometimes you would see them, and you never got to see their face. All you got to see was tennis shoes running back and forth back there. That's all you saw. People laugh because you remember Some of those stories They were always fixing one lane To somebody else's lane Always in different lane Because stuff wasn't working right And this morning Somebody in here Satan has been using as pins He's been knocking you down Time And time Again Every day you get up You look forward to being knocked down again But the prayer of Jabez wants you to know, even though you can't see his face, even though you can't physically look at him, he sees you being knocked around with no ability to get up on your own, and the tennis shoes are like the grace of God. They are moving to and fro, and his job is to set what has been knocked down back up on your feet. He's there to straighten you back up. But it's now up to you. Because you've got to push the buttons and say, Lord, I've been knocked down too much. I've been hurting too bad. And I want you to pick me up and set me down in the right place. It's up to you. I'm tired of picking myself up because I fall right back down. And if if you pick me up, I will be able to stand up and I will be able to deal with the enemy. I want you to take the prayer of Jabez and I want you to give it to God. And here's what I want you to say. Bless me indeed. Expand my borders. Take the pain from me. And then I can testify next year what God and that God has granted me my request. Hallelujah. But in that prayer, it says, hold my hand. Hold my hand. You know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of when the girls were little or even little Elaine, my granddaughter you know when she comes up and you hold her hand and you're walking there's nothing more sweeter, you know what they're telling you I trust you I trust you for safety for protection you're going to look after me dad you're going to look after me and so this morning When was the last time that you actually cried out to God and said, I need the impartation of supernatural favor in my life. Here I am, God. And hold on. Hold on. Hold on for life. Do you receive it this morning? Let's rise to our feet. As the praise team comes and Every head bowed and every eye closed, let us just go to the Lord and cry out to Him. And like Jabez said in verse 10, he called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that Thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that that Your hand would be with me and that You would keep me from evil. So, God granted just that. God, we come to you today. If there's somebody in here that does not know you as Lord and Savior. May they run down this aisle, know that there's deliverance and freedom and victory in Jesus. That you are the way maker, the miracle worker. You are light in the darkness. You are here to deliver us and to, to impart. Your love and your mercy and your favor and your grace upon us. And at a time such as this, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for power and authority to be stowed upon your people. That we can bust the doors open. Let the, the city of Talmadge and the surrounding areas know that there is supernatural favor from you. That we can sense your presence and feel your presence in this sanctuary, in this building, and in our individual lives so that we can run in victory, knowing that you and that your promises are true, that you will grant them to us. So God, in our sinfulness, deliver us, free us, and let us know that you've got everything under control. So God, today, we ask for your amazing grace. We ask for your power and your presence. And God, as I'm up here praying, I know that there's some struggles in this building, individual struggles. And so, God, I uplift those individuals that you will free them maybe from a hurt or a habit or some type of hang up in their life. Deliver them today and free them. Let them have a deeper, deeper relationship with you. And maybe today somebody's listening and I it's amazing that you brought this to mind. Maybe. They're contemplating their life and their worth. They must understand that their worth means something to you. And that they are valuable. That they are a child of the Most High God. So God, right now, in the name of Jesus, deliver that person. Free that person. God, we cry upon you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your power and your presence today. Oh God, bless your word. Bless your people. And as we sing this song, as this altar is open, renew our hearts, O God. Help us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.